0: Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with a man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kinoki. That's me. 40 of the Contracting Handbook podcast. How did we get here? I have no idea. You know, in March, honestly, I of this year, I was just starting to toy with the idea of starting a podcast. And uh, I can't believe we're 40 episodes and that I powered through the summer. I am going to be winding it down here in a couple weeks, a month, whatever. But uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, all the kind words and support and all that. Um, So anyway, all right. Yeah, thank you. Um, Today I'm going to start talking about employees. And, you know, before I get into, you know, hiring and all that, I'm going to do one of my little things where I talk about thinking it through. Like my first couple episodes where I was talking about shaping your company and like what you want your company to look like. And, 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 and how you want to be perceived, you know, with employees, it's kind of similar. You got to think at like what you are going to have them do and, and, and how they're going to be representing you and, and stuff. So, um, and I do want to interject that this is, this is my thing. You know, um, if you've been listening to all the interviews you know, everyone has a different structure because we all came at developing the business unguided, no handbook. And that is super interesting to me, uh, how we're all structured differently. But um and I'm not saying my way is the only way, I'm just gonna tell you just gonna use this as an example. So um, cause no matter what your structure, there's similar considerations that gotta be made. You know what I mean? So this applies whether you're a general contractor, like me, or a trade contractor, because once you get a crew together, you're gonna be leaving them to their own design, to their own device, they'll be alone while you're out looking at other jobs, answering the phone, picking up materials. And while you think you may have set expectations, you might soon find that effective communication is not mind reading. So, let's break it down a bit. Okay, so like one hand, you get one helper. This is, feels good. It's not real productive, but it feels awesome because you're like, I don't have to do demo no more. Yeah, but you know, it it's, it's still limited. And two is also not super productive. It's not that much different than when you just had one person working with you. And I'm just skipping a three, and we're gonna stick with three because once you get to three, now you've got a crew with a command uh, that's productive and manageable if you have a foreman that can lead and your foreman you know needs to be able to manage people work and make command decisions and still report to you what's going what's been going on and represent your company they're the face because they see the clients all day long or whenever the clients are around and I'll get more into effective communicating with your foreman in another episode uh, after we talk about hiring and all that stuff. But uh, if you want to go back right now to episode 11, where I talked to foreman Marcus Nagdegall, a current foreman, about this relationship. It was cool because we didn't know each other before we talked, uh, besides brief exchange. And we so we could really have a great, productive talk between a guy who's Currently running a crew, and a guy who used to have a crew of three to six working for him, that's me. And that was really fun. Um, So that's episode 11 of this first season. And I'm working on some good ideas for season two. I don't know when season two is going to happen because it's a podcast and that's the way these things roll. Okay, so you're mid-level guy. After your foreman. Hopefully you can have a mid-level guy and not just laborers and a foreman. Um, Hopefully that, you know, your mid-level guy has some experience so they can teach a laborer tricks of the trade, how to do stuff, how to be, and work well with your foreman. But laborers, I don't know what to tell you. Any warm body that shows up on time, I don't know. So you're considering your employees. How do they fit into the larger picture of your company, you know? What are your expectations for the employee's work? And here I'm not talking about being on time, not being hungover, etc. I'm talking about your personal expectations of what you'll want to accomplish and how that will happen. Not every person is a good fit for what you have for the vision of your company. And this goes back to those first few episodes I was just talking about and estimating time in episode 27. Who's going to be doing the work? What kind of work are you going to be offering them? What kind of work are you seeking from your clients? What kind of person do you want representing you? It's actually pretty complicated. And that's why I'm throwing it out there. Um, You know, the addition of a new employee can radically change what you're doing with a crew too. You know, but, you know, right right when your crew are kitchen remodeling ninjas, your guy that loves remodels takes a new job, And by the way, uh, carpenters is what I hire, right? Carpenters are eccentric AF, at least where I live. Am I alone in this? This can't be just a local phenomena. All the carpenters out there are like, no I'm not. I'm like, oh wait, yeah I am. Yeah, you are. I think creative people are often eccentric though. I think carpenter is among the most creative in the trades they're drawn to this work, but they also understand how their work relates to everyone coming behind them when they're framing, and then be able to cover up all the BS at the end, you know. And then in between, they're going out and, you know, doing punch lists as the as the all your subs are going through. So creative indig- individuals solving problems all the time, eccentric AF. This all goes back. Um, Again, to the first podcast of the season, and you know this really helps you kind of target that eccentric weirdo you want to hire. And I can tell you, when you get someone who does not meet your expectations, and you have a busy schedule looking ahead, it's brutal. You know, I haven't had that; that's not been my problem with the foreman. But you know, I've had some bad fits along the way, and you know, all good people, whatever. Um. But when you get someone who completely misrepresented their experience so they can come in at a higher wage, then they completely underperform and become a weak link. Things can start to fall apart. Or you hire a laborer that only uses one hand while he works, no matter what. I mean, how many times you tell him? Two hands, two hands, two hands. Hey, two hands. He looks back with you as puppy dog eyes, like daddy doesn't approve. Beating on the pop filter again. You know, I mean, there's a fair amount of vetting that you should do. Uh, but that can always be a challenge because of the, the time factor. Because, n- you n- you know, needing help now thing. Um, then, you know, are you prepared to talk to your employees constructively? And we'll get into this later. Or are you just going to get in there and start yelling? You know, it's a fine line because you got to be stern. You got to tell them two hands. You know, you can't be like, two hands. You know, you got to get on people but you can't you can't be mean Um, there's a lot of yelling on job sites but there's also much more constructive ways to deal with it so uh, going on here you can't always pick and choose your employees but when you can you can kill it so taking time to consider what work you're going to be doing is helpful in considering the number type and type of employees the kind of person, the kind of people. Okay, and now on the more office side, you're gonna need workman's comp insurance, whatever you call it, wherever you live. So if someone gets hurt, you're covered. It increases your all over your overhead, your overall overhead. So you have to think about your markup because you need to you need to charge more because you're you're for real. You got employees that need to be covered. Talk to your money person, your CPA. Seriously, I think this is where a lot of people get in trouble because once your crew is working a lot, that bill for comp keeps growing. So a a good thing to consider uh, before you hire. And it's something you should understand. And uh, also who's gonna do your payroll? You, your wife, your partner, a payroll service. And uh, you know, and in further episodes I'll get, I'm gonna have some professionals on here to tell you about that. And in another episode, I'll actually get into hiring uh, employees from interviewing to managing expectations once they're on your payroll. Cause it is uh, not about mind reading. It's about communicating, looking people in the eye and uh, setting standards. So. Here's a little, you know, random story. You know, one time I'm on, the, I'm on a job site with my foreman, and we're getting caught up on progress. Um, he had just killed the table saw working on some stuff and come and talk to me. And he misplaced one of his, you know, the rubber palm gloves that he was wearing to help him grip the plywood of these as he's ma- making a, a zillion rips to, uh, to fur up some interior walls that need a little help. And... Uh, You know how it is. You take off your dominant hand glove to use a pencil or some task that requires a little more dexterity and gone. So he asked if I had another pair and he's left-handed. And I reached down into the pile of left-handed gloves I have on the floor of my truck because I'm right-handed. and pulled out a match and then another and then another. Five years into working with for, you know with my company working together and 15 years into our friendship he and I realized we could match all of our orphan gloves let that sink in another great moment in contracting history okay i want to give a shout out to dusty nor of at farside leather who wrote me and said he enjoys the show because it affirms what he's doing and makes him feel confident in that thanks dusty and keep up the good work Dusty handcrafts tool pouches for tradesmen. So go check out his work. Okay, you guys, that's all I got. Later. Thanks for listening today. Go ahead and email me if you want to be on the show or want to tell me what you like or don't like about it at my email, info at thecontractinghandbook.com. And this is where I say, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe wherever you source your podcast. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Later.